Hello to all of you, unstoppable, unmovable, unshakable humans, and welcome to another episode of the Self Love Effect Podcast, where we strive to be our most authentic, unapologetic selves, embracing our real and inspiring those around us to do the same. I'm your host, Desiree Toppings, and if this podcast is supporting you, serving you, helping you in any way, it would mean the world to me if you head on over, left a review, share your wins, comment, subscribe, share with family and friends, tag us on social media at the underscore self love effect. And this is how we're able to grow organically through the algorithm and reach many more lives, creating a domino effect. And that's what it's all about. We change lives and we change the world by doing so together. Now, before I get started and introduce our very special guest, wanted to take a second and remind you guys that we do have a self-love effect community. So head on over to the link in the description below of this podcast episode and join our free community today where we uplift one another, inspire, empower, sharing our vulnerabilities, sharing our strengths, and sharing our daily wins. We look forward to seeing you a part of our team self-love effect community. Joining us today on the podcast is Brian Lagunas. He is a part of the First Form family, and I had the complete honor and privilege to meet him during Summer Smash. But I came across his Instagram a while back, and what I was drawn to was the vulnerability he showcased. He takes you along the journey of his weight loss. And through that, he shares his strengths, but he also shares his weaknesses, his vulnerabilities. And in telling his story, he is relatable. He's transparent. And I truly believe that because so, he has had the opportunity to change so many lives. And as the very first quarter winner, for the first form transformation challenge, he continues to tell his story and continues to share his vulnerabilities so that others in this moment of time in their journey know that they too can do it, that they too possess the strength, but it all begins with the choice and the choice is theirs to make. So without further ado, let's dive into this podcast episode. Welcome, Brian Lagunas, to the Self Love Effect podcast, also known as Brian's Progress on IG. And for those of you who know him within the First Form family, I'm so excited to have you here. It's a complete honor and privilege just watching your growth over Instagram and how you've really used it to tell your story. You're super vulnerable, authentic, constantly, you know, you're real, and the words you share really resonate with people. And there's a post from October and it's dated October 26th of 2021. And I just want to read it really quick because when I read this, you know, it made me go back to the drawing board of understanding that both men and women, we feel the same things, right? At different times, at different points, but we're all humans is what it really, um, you know, got that engine fired in me. And I'm like, man, like men feel the same thing. We need to get more men here on the podcast. So that men know they're not alone and women know they're not alone either, but we're a little bit more, not as hesitant to share our vulnerabilities, but I'm going to read this post 
and then we'll let Brian take over. I'm excited. I'm, I'm curious what post this is. I'm like, yeah. look at my Instagram. Go like, no, because I'm like, hey. Yeah. What else? So <laughs> let me read it though, really quick. But it's like I said, it's dated from October 26, 2021, and it says, "Self hate is a cancer in itself. It starts with thoughts, turns into actions, that turns into negative thoughts, which leads into more negative actions till it snowballs out of control. It doesn't matter." what body fat percentage you are. It's a mental flaw that I feel can be fixed, but goddamn, does it take work? Even when I got down to 180 pounds, I hated the way I thought I looked. Losing 135 pounds leaves a lot of reminders in the mirror of where you were and what you had become. No matter what the scale says, what size of shirt, pants, or dress you are in, you will never be happy if you can't find peace within. 50% of it, not more of the journey, is mental. You have to make sure to train it just like the rest of your body, one rep at a time over and over again with proper intent. But man, that's so beautifully put. I like so resonate. I was like, oh my God, this is, you know, it is, it's a journey and taking it one step at a time. And I, you know, feel like your story is just really was the shifting point to for first form in regards to being the first transformation winner. Right. And so, but you've, you have such um, an energy to you and a positivity and even having the privilege to officially meet you in person at Summer smash. I'm like, Oh my God, we got to just make this happen already. Because honestly, I look at you and I love what you've created, the environment you created and how you're really using your platform to make people feel that they're not alone. Right. So for those who are listening, who are listening and don't know your journey, share with us a little bit how it started and what was really the pivot point and for you to, you know, really pour into yourself and take control of your life. Yeah. Well, first off, thank you for having me. It's an honor. I'm so glad we got to like make this happen uh, finally. And, um, you know, and, and it's and it's always honestly um, shocking that people want to know like about my story and, and know more about me. And I, to me, I always recognize, recognize myself as just a normal dude. Right. I, I, and this is even going into a little bit of my background. Like I didn't grow up with the typical athletic sports background. I didn't play, I played sports in like peewee, stuff like that, but nothing really past like fifth grade, I think. And, um, you know, so like for me, it was just something that I eventually had to do. Um, and and uh, I can get into that in a second, but, um, you know, just a normal guy. I was born and raised down in New Braunfels, Texas. Um, that was, uh, you know, my hometown. I never thought I was going to move out of there. I thought I was going to just die there, you know, because I had a, I worked in the railroad before this for six years and I was like, well, this is how it ends, right? Um, fast forward 30 years, but, um, you know, I have my wife, my, you know, my, my daughter, Kimberly, and then, you know, my three-step kids. So, um, definitely had a plate full back down there in Texas and, and learning how to deal with that. And, um, you know, my own, my, with work and family and my own fitness. So that was definitely, um, a learning experience, but, um, you know, for me, how I got started, um, and I guess I can even paint that picture a little bit more. Um, I, I grew up the fat kid, you know, my entire life, you know, after I think seven or eight, you know, I started packing on quite a bit of weight. You know, I was raised by my grandma. For those of you with Hispanic backgrounds, you know, your, your grandma's, and this might be any, any background, honestly, I think grandma's just like to feed kids. And, uh, you know, my grandma fed me, right. But she fed me a lot of McDonald's, just chicken and, you know, all the, all the breakfast tacos, you know, and, 
Um, you know, obviously she loved me, but you know, she didn't, you know, no, we didn't, my family didn't really grow up with nutrition and understand, you know, understanding of nutrition. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I grew up really, really overweight. I mean, I remember trying to diet back in like sixth grade, like I was like 11, 12 years old, you know, trying to cut out like carbs were bad, quote unquote, you know, mm-hmm. carbs were bad. And, and Atkins was real big in the nineties, early two thousands, you know? So I remember doing those diets, um, setting bets with my friends and like, Hey, don't let me eat this or don't let me eat that. And, um, you know, so like dieting to me was never anything new in my adult stage because I knew like, Hey, you start one day and then you give it a go. And hopefully, you know, I, I never really had much success, you know, it start, stop, yeah. start, stop. Um, and, uh, something that I don't talk about very often is I actually had started my a, a fitness journey in 2010, um, is when I re- actually had gotten, um, a new job and I had started making some money. So I actually started paying for personal training, um, at this anytime fitness. And this is actually the only weightlifting I had ever done um, prior to me starting in, in 2015. Um, and it was just a couple times a week. It was a couple of exercises. We did a lot of body weight stuff, honestly. Um, and really, I was just at that time, just kind of counting calories. You know, I really didn't know much of anything. Um, I would just scan it on my app and I would just track it. And honestly, um, I lost, I went from like 270 down to about 218. I actually remember it was 218. That was like my lowest that I had gotten at that point. And I was feeling good. I looked way better than I had ever looked. Um, and, you know, I, I just remember feeling better and wanting to go out more, right? I actually started hanging out with some of my other cousins. So we started going drinking. So like I had built um, a non-sustainable lifestyle because the truth is up and all the way at my extreme at that diet, um, I was down to a thousand calories a day, you know, and I, and I remember, um, getting home from my workout to drink my, my shake, right. I know everyone's supposed to drink with a protein shake. Mm-hmm. I remember drinking it and throwing up afterwards, probably like 90% of the times I drank it and thinking that was normal. I remember thinking, Hey, this is just part of the fitness, you know, <laughs> price that you pay. Um, and well, I mean, come to find, I mean, come long story short there, that sense, gained a lot of that weight back. I actually met my wife. So I fell in love and I'm not blaming on her, but either way, you know, right. Started eating more, drinking more, got a family. Right. So yeah, I was going to blame it on her. Um, but you know, but either way, um, you know, I started working the railroad, railroad life. Those of you that know that, you know, very fast paced, it's a very convenient life. You know, we stopped at the food, we stopped at convenience stores and fast food. I mean, two or three times a day. Um, and then what a lot of people don't realize is that, Yes, it can be very active and it can be very hardworking, but somebody has to drive the train and there's not much, right? You have to operate the locomotive. Right. And there's not a lot of movement on that locomotive. You're just literally taking commands all day long. Well, I moved my way up there through seniority. So I got on the locomotive very early. Um, so I was eating all that crap and not moving, you know, so I actually just, it added to it. Um, and then you know, fast forward a few years, um, you know, I started there in 2012. Um, and then in 2015, kind of like a series of events I don't talk about too often, but, you know, we had our, uh, my first father daughter dance with my, my daughter. Um, and I remember just getting dressed and being miserable. You know, I even have some of those beginning photos. Um, don't look, I look down, I'm like, that's what I was trying to present myself. But at the same time, I didn't really have clothes that fit. Um, so I look at those photos and I remember kind of being ashamed of those photos, like our first father daughter dance. Um, and then, 
Um, you know, fast forward a couple months, um, and my my wife actually started to quote unquote work out, right? She started mm-hmm. running. That's what she knew. She didn't know anything from nutrition either. Um, so she kind of started the trend. Um, and she bought a scale. I will never ever forget this. She bought a scale. Oh, actually, let me rewind a little bit. Um, in that month, <clears throat> on my my days off on the railroad, I worked. Uh, Wednesday through Monday. So my one day off was Tuesday and that was it. I worked six to six, six days a week. Tuesday was my day. Uh, My daughter wasn't yet in like public school yet. So I would keep her from daycare and we would go and spend the day. It's my one day to really see, because I worked nights as well. So I'd work 6 p.m. to 6 a.m. Yeah. Um, So my Tuesday was with her. We'd go to the movies. I think we saw Moana like 15 times in theaters. (laughs) Um, We would go to the museum. We'd go to the zoo. We'd go here, we'd go there. And for those of you that know San Antonio weather, you know, in, in May and during the summer, it was miserable, you know, and at this time, I didn't know how much I weighed, but I knew I'd gained all my weight back and I was up there. Um, so chasing around an almost two-year-old who's picking up speed and I'm slowing down <laughs> around San Antonio Zoo in the heat during the summer, it was, it was bad. And I just remember having the thought of like, I can't wait to leave. I remember trying to convince her to leave early and, and and it wasn't really anything I noticed at that time until I got home that night. And I was like, man, I spent all day just trying to rush the day, rush my day off, rush my day, my time with her. And it made me feel really, really guilty. And I, and it started that little seed of like, you know, Hey, you got to get your shit together. Hey, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta do yeah. something. Well, <clears throat> my wife, you know, actually ended up going and buying a scale. We didn't have a scale. Scales weren't allowed in the house. Right. I was like, now we don't need a scale. Um, but my wife bought a scale and I will never forget that I waited till everybody went to bed. I actually got out of bed, sneak, snuck into the restroom and mm-hmm. stood on it. And uh, the number read back 315.6 pounds. And I like my jaw dropped, like almost like physically dropped. Like I, I had thought I'd gained, I knew I'd gained my weight back, but I was like, I'm probably 280, right? Like I'm like selling myself. I'm probably like 280. Right. I'm not that bad, but this new number, this 300 number, like really threw me for a loop. You add that with how I felt with my daughter, you know, knowing that the doctor has been threatening me for a while about having to, you know, start medications and things. And, you know, I kind of like drew the line in the sand there. Um, and this is, this is, uh, this is like as typical as it gets. I was like, I'm going to start Monday. This was like Thursday, I think. And, uh, so I was like, I'm going to start Monday. It happened to be Monday. It was June 1st. It was like everything you could think of. Um, and I remember I had, I had my last like quote unquote, like little cheat meal that we went to Hooters that Friday night and had a burger and everything and, um, beer. And then Monday I started, you know, um, and I talk about this, I, I, I'm somebody who operates with like a chip on my shoulder. Somebody challenges me, somebody tells me, um, you know, my lead man at that time, the guy who I was working under, um, anytime I would start a diet, his goal was to break my diet, like to tease, like to tempt me and tease me Mm -hmm. as much as he could for me to break. Um, so it literally started Monday off by getting taken to the taco truck. And he's like, Hey, I'll pay for your tacos. Hey, I'll, you know, and he's just literally doing everything he can. I was like, no, I'm good. And, uh, then, you know, that first day went after work to go work out. And uh, that was a big deal for me. Um, because I used to make that excuse. Well, I work 12 hours a day. Yeah. I don't have time to go work out. I don't have to, you know, all the excuses in the book. And I realized, you know, if I didn't make this time to work out, well, I was, you know, I was cutting my life short, you know, I was, you know, I was losing time on the back end. 
And that was the easy way for me to kind of justify me investing this time. Um, one quote that I've read most recently that works, I think is phenomenal is like, you know, most parents will say they'll die for their kids, right? But how many parents will actually live for their kids? How many parents will actually, you know, learn about nutrition, learn about fitness, right? So that, that way they can be active for themselves, they can be active for their kids. You know, we always talk about, I will die, we'll take a bullet, but will you actually take the time and invest and learn for your family? And, you know, um, to me, that's kind of like where I was at. I kept saying, I'll, I'll work all these hours to provide for my family. I'll do all this other stuff, but I won't do this. And that was just because I was being a little bitch, really. And uh, anyway, that first day uh, at Planet Fitness, for those, I probably should have said the name, but those of you that know Planet Fitness, they on the first Monday, I don't even know if they do this anymore, I actually stopped going there. Um, they offer pizza on the first Monday of the month. Like oh, that's a real pizza. thing. It's a real thing. Like they'll like, I mean, boxes of Papa John pizzas, like, and that's my weakness. Like still to this day, like if somebody walked in with pizza right now, I'd probably eat it. I'd be like, all right, cool. But, um, and so my first day was tested left and right. You know, I had no idea what I was doing. I was treadmill, you know, but I was like, Hey, this is, it. it's got to keep going. And, you know, for those of you that are listening that, you know, are, debating on starting or whatever case might be like, you're never going to have the perfect plan. You're never going to know what exactly to do. Like just get started. It's better to get started and get moving and adjust on the fly because that's what I did. Started with five days of cardio for 30 minutes, Monday through Friday. Um, and then I went into the little circle thing that they had their machines. And I did that Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And that was literally all I did for the first probably three and a half weeks. And outside of that, from a nutrition standpoint, I cut out sodas, um, which was a big deal. I used to drink probably five to six full sugar sodas a day at least. Um, and then, you know, or the big gulps from, you know, the convenience store. Um, and I cut that out. I cut out fast foods as much as I could. Um, and, and that was it. I really did a lot of more cutting out than anything. Um, and, you know, it was moving. And within that first month, I mean, I probably lost 20 to 30 pounds just by removing bad stuff from my diet and just by moving. Um, and that's why I'm saying like, it's better off to just get started, get moving and learn as you go. Um, there's tons of resources, obviously, um, that can help you, but, um, really that's, that's how I, I got initially started from there. Um, I believe everything happens for a reason. I think that that's something mm -hmm. that, um, it's hard to kind of justify that when things are bad, Right. But I think if you give it enough time, if you kind of reflect on it from time to time, you kind of see why those things happen. And for me, um, this was a positive. Everything happens for a reason. Um, you know, a, a friend of mine, I say a friend, an acquaintance, really, that I went to high school with had I'd never I remember the last time I had seen anything that he had posted on Facebook. But he shared this video this one day um, and it happened to be Derek Wida, which was one of the first former lead athletes. Um, it's one of his most famous YouTube videos. He was just literally just talking about keeping things simple and, and how to lose weight. And I took so much value from this video that I had, I started digging into the comments. I started reading, you know, other information. I watched the video over and over again. Um, and what I didn't notice at the time is that he was wearing a first form t-shirt and somebody in the comments had asked him about it. And I, again, I had no idea. And he was talking about what he liked and what he used. And, you know, I started doing some research. I, I used his link to kind of do some, more, you know, do some more digging. And, you know, a couple of days passed and I was like, all right, I'm going to do this. You know, I've tried everything else. You know, I'm going to give this a go. And I tried the post-workout stack and I'll never forget, you know, my first order 
was June 18th, right? And that date followed me for, it's still following me around. Um, and that was my first order, post-workout stack. And this is where, you know, the people that I work with and I coach on talk about the importance of, you know, just, you know, exposing somebody to information, you know, and education yeah. because it can change somebody's life. Like that one video that that guy posted that I, that comment that I learned that one purchase has led to me now seven years down the road where I'm in a completely different city, working a completely different job, building a completely different lifestyle for me, my wife, my, my, my family. Um, and it was all based off of that one interaction, you know, um, but that did, you know, uh, welcome me to first form. I started to, you know, try some of the other products. Um, I eventually made an Instagram, uh, uh, you know, on, uh, to your point earlier, Brian's progress. Uh, my, my thought behind that was this is going to be an Instagram um, where I just journal myself. I journal my, my photos, I journal my progress. I actually just pinned my initial photo to the top of my page, mm-hmm. um, which is, I thought is cool that you can do that now. I mean, literally that, that was my very first photo, my very first post. And it was just a document of where I was at. And that was the goal. So I kept it private. I, I, I kept it, I kept it. I purposely didn't follow all my Facebook friends. Like how to ask you like, Oh, do you want to meet your friend? I was like, no, <laughs> show them. No, don't bring me. <laughs> I was like, no, but um i i at the time this is how little i knew about instagram at the time i thought that hashtags were just like for flavor i thought they were just things to make your post cool i didn't realize it was actually going to bring people to me right right um, so i was like first form whatever and like just people started following my my photos and um you know but it was one of the coolest things because i first time in my life i'd actually had words of encouragement hey you got this great job you need help reach out and that was my first really interaction with first form community and i just it made me feel so good because um what was going on while here at home outside of my lead man trying to get me to you know to fall off um there's also bets being on placed behind my back i found this out only reason i found this out is, is one guy was trying to help me help him win or help, trying to get me to help him win um because oh. he's, like, he's like hey we got he's like we got a bet going on he's like hey just keep going he's like uh, you know, one guy took two weeks, one guy took three weeks. He's like, I, I said, 4th of July. I said, you're going to fall off on 4th of July. And I said, okay. I was like, cool. No, I got you. You know, so like my little like joke that I've got now, it's like, okay, well, who took seven years? Right. Like, you know, like I, I still operate with that chip on my shoulder, you know, yeah. I just, and it's, I, it's why, you know, if anybody's listening here, if you've got that negative crowd around you, your friends, your family, coworkers, like, who gives a shit what they think, right? Like it's up to you, you know. And and I always even say, like, I gave them no reason to believe in me to begin with. Mm-hmm. I tried and I started, stop, started, stop, started, stop. And this time I gave them reason to make like I made them believe me now. You know, now if I set a goal to it, people have a lot more, you know, respect for my my ambition for it because I, they know more likely I'm gonna get after it, you know. Um, but either way, you know, I hadn't, I had a bunch of negativity, um, you know, around me in person and that community that I had online gave me a reason to post, gave me a reason to update, you know, because I actually had some people cheering for me and, um, you know, I, I eventually just, uh, you know, continue to just keep one foot in front of the other. This is why I'll tell you, it's better to just to get started and get moving because I lost you know, my first goal was 50 pounds in three months. You know, I lost that in just under three months. I hit, I hit it for its other goal was hundred pounds in one year. You know, I hit that right at 10 months, you know, and up until that, that first 10 months, 
I didn't track, like, I didn't really track macros. I didn't know what macros were. I didn't have no special diet. What I was doing is I was exercising. I was cutting out junk. I was minimizing, you know, other junk, other things that are junk. And I also, you know, was prioritizing protein. That's one thing that I did learn from, from first form and educational posts is like, Hey, protein is really important. Now I wasn't tracking it. I was just literally taking my post-workout, you know, protein. I was taking my meal replacement protein and I was just eating. And through that in 10 months, I lost hundred pounds. Right. And that's where, like, again, it's, it's, it's really just up to the person, you know, on how committed are you, you know, can you continue to keep turning down those temptations? And for me, it was, it was a, you know, uh, it was a challenge because people were questioning me. People were saying I couldn't do it. And that's all I needed at that time to keep going. Um, but so my point is like, I didn't, I didn't know, quote unquote, know what I was doing. I just knew what I was doing was working. Um, and in uh, January, um, which would have been right about seven months um, that I had been, I lost at that point, I was about 90 pounds down. I was about probably 85, 80 to 90 pounds down. And first form actually came out with the very first, uh, my transformation starts today challenge, which, yeah. you know, back then it was all old school. You had to hold up a little paper. <laughs> yeah. I know you know about that, right? You had a little paper for now. Email. <laughs> yeah. Email. Yeah. So it was, it was bad. I mean, the, the website, these, these people don't have no idea how bad this website was. And spoiled uh, now. <laughs> yeah, I know, you know, and uh, I think about it like, you know, it's the story of walking uphill in the snow both ways. Right. But, um, you know, either way, you know, I, I was at first discouraged. I was like, man, I lost all this weight already. Now the challenge drops and blah, blah, blah. Immediately went to negativity. And then I started realizing, hey, you're not done yet. You still got plenty to go. You still you're not where you're where, where you want to be at give it hell. Let's see what we can do. Right. And, and, and I did, I, I ended up working with Mike Trotter. Um, you know, he's one of my best friends, like my brother, honestly, he's one of our uh, first forms elite trainers. Um, and you know, the back then it was a little bit different. We did monthly challenges and then quarterly challenges and then the yearly challenge. Um, so I actually lost the first monthly challenge and I took it very, very hard. I was like, I thought I was going to win. You know, I, I was like really excited and I lost. And I remember talking with Mike after that. And Mike was like, but did you give it everything you got? And I, and I was like, no. He's like, could you have given more? I was like, yeah. He's like, well, then why are you upset? And I was like, all right, touche. I was like, all right, let's get back to it. So I got right back to it. I ended up winning the first quarter that very next month, um, which, you know, a little bit different than it was 10 grand. I mean, it would have been nice. It would have been 50 grand, but hey, <laughs> no, but, uh, but no, either way, you know, I won. Um, you know, had a little bit of a setback after. So this is also, if, if you can, another point to kind of take away from this is complacency sits in, you know, and, it, and, and you've got to go to, you got to go to battle with that every single day, right? Especially after you start to see progress, you know, after I won that first quarter, I was already down over a hundred pounds. I had won 10 grand. I was getting some of the recognition I was really working for. And I started getting complacent. I started kind of taking my foot off the gas. I started kind of letting things slide and I gained some weight back, you know, and I, I had to get right back to it and I had to talk myself out. And it happens. Right. Um, and, I, and, I, and at first I beat myself up really, really hard on myself. I was really, really hard on myself at first with that. And then I eventually, you know, years later realized like that's just part of the process. Mm-hmm. You're going to lose weight. You're going to gain some weight. You're going to lose some weight, gain some weight. You know, it, the process, the, the goal is not to eliminate the bounce back, it's to minimize the bounce back, right? It's to, instead of making it two or three months of eating like crap and not working out, make it two or three days, 
yep. right? Get back on track. And that, and for everybody, it's going to be a little bit different. Um, but I learned that the hard way over the course of, you know, a good three, four, five years. Um, but, you know, I got back to it. Um, something also I learned the hard way is that, you know, I, I'm, I'm an emotional eater. I'm somebody, I, I binge eat, I do things like that. Um, and not everybody gets that. Not everybody understands that. And that's okay. It's not for everyone to get. You got to be careful who you take advice from, right? Because I took advice from somebody. I came to Summer Smash, uh, met a lot of great people. That's actually where, um, you know, I decided that, you know, I used some of the 10 grand to take my, fam my family on vacation to St. Louis, which was great. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and I, I realized here at Summer Smash or here in St. Louis that like, I was around the right people. I was around, like, these are the people who I wanted to surround myself with. These are the people who I wanted to go to war with every single day. Um, and it made me really start to second guess my job because that's all it was. It felt like it was just a job. It was clock in, work 12 hours, clock out, do it again tomorrow. You know, I didn't know who owned the business. I didn't never, you know, I had talks with management and things like that, higher ups, but it, there was no connection to what I was doing yeah. um, other than paying bills. And, you know, I didn't feel like that, you know, at this, at, at this point in time, I had just became uh, part of the, the Legionnaire program. Um, was kind of working with a couple people and, and I really started to see the benefit of educating people on, you know, a lot of stuff that I hadn't known up until that most recently, yeah. um, like importance of protein, like the importance of water movement, you know, tracking calories. And <clears throat> I realized that the, I was, get, I would get a, 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 a stronger reaction. I would, I would feel a stronger reaction when somebody would call in and, or check in with me, email me in and say, Hey, I, I ran my first mile today, or, Hey, I fit in these pants. I haven't fit in since high school. And it was such a rewarding feeling, um, you know, that I had, and I wanted to make that more right. And with, with my schedule, with everything, you know, my responsibilities, I knew that that was going to take quite some time, um, doing that as a, as a legion, as a, you know, part of the program. But, um, I started kind of like, talking with Sal, you know, I asked, asked Sal in person. I was like, Hey, I was like, you know, do y'all ever hire anybody at this point? Nobody had moved here to work, uh, and at HQ. And, uh, you know, he asked me some personal questions, asked me how much I was making, et cetera, blah, blah. blah. And I was making good money on the railroad. You know, I, I was, I was, you know, pushing six figures. I was, and I was, I was, um, you know, I was in charge. I was third in seniority. I'd worked my way up to the top. I had the highest position and, um, Sal knew that. And Sal was like, there's no way in hell I'm hiring you. I'm not getting you to quit your job, starting you at a base pay, moving your family. Like, yeah. there's no way. Plus, you know, how would I, you know, it was a hard job, you know, you know, not everybody can make it. So, you know, he told me no and told me no and told me no. Over the course of two years, he told me no a lot, <laughs> uh, you know, because I would, it became a joke. Honestly, I would see him in person when I would come and I'd be like, hey, when are you going to hire me? Right. Or, hey, you know, just let you know, I can put my two weeks in now. So it became a joke. But it was at the same time I was serious and he knew I was serious. And, um, you know, over over those two years, I had a lot of ups and downs. Um, my wife and I had uh, a miscarriage. Um, uh, we actually we've actually had three, um, one before my daughter and two after my daughter, all three being, you know, in that 15 to 16, you know, week range. So it was like literally my wife would go into deliver, would literally deliver these miscarriages. Um, and this was uh, 2017. I had already lost all my weight. I had got down. So by the end of that first 
challenge, that first year's challenge, I got down to 180 pounds. So I was down 135 pounds. I was actually reverse dieting. Um, I remember in my group, in my, in my photos, I was actually um, already trying, I was already adding in calories. Um, and I, I'm kind of going all over the place with this, but where I was going with this is, um, you know, I actually at Summer Smash made the decision that I wanted to work here, but I also had met people that started giving me advice that wasn't necessarily advice for me. They were like, hey, you've already lost plenty of weight. Just start eating, just start training harder. And I was like, okay, cool. Like, let me try that. And I tried that. And that is not very well for, does go well for emotional eater, for somebody who binge eats, you know, because I ended up gaining probably 10, 15 pounds back within a couple of weeks. And some of that, obviously inflammation and stuff, but you know, it was, it made me feel really bad. And I kind of panicked, you know, I'm like, here I am. I've got a few months left to the end of the year. I want to win this thing that overall. So I hired a coach and um, that was something that, you know, I know not everybody can afford, but, you know, you just working with a coach is great mm-hmm. because it gives you some outside perspective. Um, you know, I'm very disciplined, but at the same time, I will be more disciplined when it's somebody else's kind of, I, I'm on the hook with somebody else. Right. And this person literally set my macros once and I follow those macros all the way until I hit my 100. I lost 30 something pounds on it. I hit 180, started reversing. Um, and I, I, I got to the end of the year and I didn't win. Unfortunately, I, I, I got, you know, cl- proclaimed second place or whatever, but, um, you know, Sal's what Sal told me. I don't know if you just <laughs> that, whatever, but, um, you know, in that time frame, you know, I started reverse dieting probably for another six or seven months. And my wife ended up getting pregnant within that time. So this was early, probably late first quarter, early second quarter of 2017. And, um, you know, my, my, it was actually, I'll never forget. We found out she was pregnant a little after we had came to summer smash that year. Um, and I got impatient with my results. I was used to the scale moving at a rapid rate. Mm-hmm. So when I was going up, it wasn't moving the way I was typically used to it moving. So I got impatient. I started eating in more foods. Well, after my wife lost that last, that third baby, I had, I got to real, real deep depression. Um, and and part of it was because obviously I, from losing the baby, but the other was like, I was at this point, you know, with my wife's age, with a third miscarriage, with everything, I was like, this is probably not going to happen. You know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to receive, I'm not going to, you know, get an opportunity for a second child here. Um, and I took that, you know, I look at it now, I'm like how stupid I was for thinking like that, but, um, and how selfish I was, but, you know, it really beat me up. It really took a toll on me and, and, and I ended up gaining back. I mean, this is how bad I can, I can get as I gained back, I think 40 pounds in like five months, you know, I was just eating like crap. I was drinking like crap. Yeah. Um, you know, my, my depression was really bad. Um, honestly, something I don't talk about very often is it got really, really bad one night. And, um, I was texting Mike and honestly, I don't even remember texting him. I was drunk at that time. Um, and Mike Trotter had kind of recognized, you know, some of the signs of what I was talking about and texting. And he reached out to Sal, you know, he's, he told Sal, he's like, Hey, you know, something's up with Brian, you know, I think it'd be good to check on him, blah, blah, blah. blah. Well, this was Sunday morning and I, I work Sundays and, uh, Sunday morning, Sal calls me. It's like, Hey, oh, mind you. So I'm in, I'm at this time, I'm the lead man. I've got three or four other guys in my truck yeah. and I'm off to the work spot. And my phone is Sunday morning, like eight in the morning. And I'm looking at it and like Sal for Sella's names on there. Like, why is he calling me at eight in the morning? 
And I answer it. Well, little did I know, you know, he's giving me an earful. You know, he's like, hey, what's going on? You, he, he's very straight. What I love about Sal, he's going to shoot it to you straight. He's going he's to give it to you straight. You yeah. know, he's like, hey, what's going on? He's like, you're getting fat again. He's like, what the, you know, what the, what's going on? And he's like, you know, why aren't you doing your shit? And now, you know, I was, it, it didn't matter what excuse I gave to him. He's like, that's just an excuse. He's like, get back to right. it. And, uh, you know, I'll never forget, you know, at the end of the call, mind you, I'm getting an earful in front of like my guys. I'm like, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Okay. You know, and, uh, you know, he, at the end of the call, he's like, Hey, well, we have a banquet that we're doing, you know, next month or here in a couple of weeks, we'd love to have you out here. We'll pay for, you know, your hotel stay, et cetera, if you can make it. So I was like, heck yeah. It was like a special invite. I was like, I'm game. Um, and, and I came out to there and I, and I honestly, like I'll put like, this is how serious I was about working here. I had just put in, uh, a couple of, um, applications over the last few weeks into the warehouse. And I was actually trying to, and I actually sat at the banquet next to the guy who was in charge of those. And I was like, Hey, I put in my application. I don't know if you saw. And he was like, awkwardly like, Oh, <laughs> I told him he don't hire him, you know? Yeah. And, uh, Either way, you know, that night went on, had a good conversation with one of the guys who I looked up to. And he's still, he's like a brother to me. He's like a big brother to me. Um, but we got into this discussion. We're both a little tipsy, you know, at the end of the night at the bar. Uh-huh. You know? And it just got back in the conversation. And he, this guy started like questioning me. He's like, I don't think he can do it. He's like, I just hired this other guy, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I was like, all right. Like, oh, blah. no. <laughs> so like, and I credit that conversation. Like, again, why well, I think everything happens for a reason. Like that conversation wouldn't have happened had all the other stuff not. And, you know, I got back to Texas and I put my foot down. I started, I literally got back again to the best shape of my life. Um, I'd lost, you know, the 40 pounds plus that I had lost, um, was bigger muscle wise, stronger. Um, and I was doing really well in the program. I was helping a lot of people. And what I found out is that a lot of people relate with people who gain weight back. So I actually ended up using my story as an opportunity to relate with more people. Um, and that actually really sparked my success there and helping get people great results. Um, and, you know, I started making it more and more serious. I told my wife, my wife had kind of gotten that, that experience to being up there for the banquet. And I told her, I was like, I really want to get this job. I don't know how I'm going to do it. They won't do it without your support. They don't know how, you know, because mind you, not only was I going to take a huge pay cut? My wife had nothing up there. You know, she had no job up there, no nothing. You know, she wasn't in a place to take that. We weren't in a place to take that big of a pay cut. So Sal knew I was going to move up there by myself. He knew that I was going to move up to St. Louis and he was not having it. He's like, there's no way I'm taking you away from your family, blah, blah, blah. So I told my wife, I was like, hey, I need your help here. I need you to tell him it's going to be okay. So eventually she kind of got on board um you know she still wasn't for sure that it was gonna happen she kept thinking like ah he's probably not gonna get it yeah and uh you know she actually had a couple talks you know and then um things weren't going so well at the railroad you know things were kind of change of management things like that change of schedules um and you know I actually came out to St. Louis for our Legionnaire conference at that time there was a conference you know put together we had you know meetings and stuff um and it was the end of the, it was the end of the conference. It was last night. We had just eaten dinner. We were kind of just all hanging out. And I remember talking with Sal and I told Sal, I said, Hey, um, you know, so what, what's, you know, what's the deal with getting this job? I know, you know, Rita's <laughs> my wife, right? I was like, Hey, you know, yeah. she's talked with y'all, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, Oh, he's like, man, I just can't do it. 
And I said, Sal, I said, I, if you don't think I can do it from a skill side, I get that. Just tell me that. And I will go and prove to you that I can do it. I said, if you're doing it because you're scared for me, like you got to let me go. I said, it's no different than I was scared to walk in the gym my first time, you know, because I didn't know I got a long road ahead of me. Am I going to be able to do this? Am I not going to be able to do this? But had I not gone in, I wouldn't be here today. And I think that that little piece kind of just resonated with him and realizing he was making that decision for me Mm -hmm. um, because he walked away and 10, 15 minutes later, um, Sal and Andy both got on stage and they started, you know, Sal, actually this video is on my Instagram. It's under my IGTV um, if you want to see it, but his typical fashion was talking some smack and and everything. And uh, ended up, ended up getting me on, uh, ended up, calling me out and saying, Hey, we're going to hire Brian Lagunas, you know, in corporate headquarters. Cause he won't leave me alone. Right. And I was like, all right. So I was like blown away. It was hired on the spot. No interview, no nothing. No idea what I'm doing, by the way. I have no idea. what. Yeah. I'm doing. <laughs> um, and Andy's like, let me your phone. I was like, okay. He's like, I'm going to FaceTime your wife. So then we FaceTime my wife. My poor wife is eating, oh you know, gosh. dinner at this time back at home. And he's like, Hey, and she's like, why does she knows who Andy is? She's like, why is, why is he on his phone? And she, he, he's the one that told her that I got hired. So, that um, is awesome. oh you know, God, so, so, cool. so it, you know, it was, it was crazy turn of events. Those, those years um, eventually got hired. Um, I did turn right back around. I put my two weeks notice in uh, that Tuesday. I got back, um, signed an apartment with lease that I had never even seen. So I, I was literally back up in St. Louis two weeks later, um, with, you know, just whatever I could fit in my truck. I took no, uh, I only took kitchen appliances. I didn't take any furniture. I slept on the ground for the first couple of weeks. Um, and then I got a, a sofa. I got not a sofa. I'm sorry. I got like a bed, like a, one of those like little like lawn chairs that had come okay. with it. Okay. <laughs> Outdoor yeah. patio, outdoor okay. patio there is what it is with like a little thing for you. Yeah, yeah. So I slept on that for a couple months. Um, all right, I slept on that for a month, and then I got somebody gave me a, a used, um, you know, couch that I slept on for a couple months, and then my wife visited for the first time, so I had to go and buy actually go buy a bed, you know. So <laughs> and she went and go buy a bed, but uh, I was living very, you know, I was. I had taken a over 60% pay cut, you know, it was, I, I traded in my truck, I, was, I cashed in my 401k, you know, it was a very big sacrifice, uh, investment. I don't like the word sacrifice. Mm-hmm. Sacrifice means like you lost something. To me, right. I, I invested all of that heartache and time, the hard times into mm-hmm. what I have today, um, you know, and that's where, you know, for me, I would not change a thing, right? When people say, hey, what would you change about your past? What would you like? No, like all of that hard stuff that I've gone through has made me the person I am today, stronger today. Um, you know, if I had to do it again, I would. You know, if I knew that, hey, if I had to go start up a, you know, in, in Alaska, well, maybe not Alaska. I'm like, Andy, don't send me to Alaska. <laughs> but if I had to go somewhere, I, you know, hey, I wouldn't mind doing it. I, I, I would know that, hey, I know what's what's coming from it. Um, but you know, started off here, uh, didn't really have too much of, you know, the skill sets that I would say that I needed right when I got started. So, you know, over the last three and a half years, I've really just been working my way up to where now, you know, I'm in a really good spot, um, you know, higher up in the company. And I really um, just enjoy what I do. There's nothing else I would rather do. I get to do stuff, fun stuff like this, you know, in my regular work schedule. So, um, you know, that's, that's kind of like my story and it was long, but also there's like, you know, things in there too. Yeah. I'm sure but 
um, that's kind of where I'm at today. You know, it's been a crazy seven years, crazy thing. June 1st was seven years ago um, that I was just walking into that gym, no idea what I was doing. So where now I help people with fitness and nutrition for a living, you know. And that is so amazing. What an incredible testament you have that you have cultivated self-belief in yourself, self-respect, self-discipline. You have changed your life and now you are teaching others how to cultivate that same belief in themselves so they too can transform their life. They too have the power that they need to make changes, create sustainable habits in their life so that they can improve. And it reminds me of Marcus Aurelius Meditations 11.9 when he speaks about not abandoning others or ourselves, because as we progress in our lives, we will encounter limitations of other people. But that does not mean that we simply abandon our own path. But that doesn't mean that we abandon others as well, because we need to remind ourselves that they are at the same place we were not so long ago. And so that is a testament that you are not leaving others behind. You are leading by example. You are creating a path that others too can walk on knowing that they possess the same capabilities. And that is how we change the world. That is how we change lives, creating a domino effect and helping others understand by showcasing your vulnerabilities, showcasing your weaknesses, that they are not to rely on motivation. Because the truth is, in order to find success, in order to be successful in life, you're not going to rely on that motivation, on that motivation alone, but you're going to harness it. And that's how you're able to, you know, really structure that self-discipline and build that consistency and, you know, be relentless, take on the challenge. Cause that's what, you know, you've overcome so much adversity, like listening to your story and having people root against you. Like how many times do people, well, people root against the average person and the average Joe is like, okay, I'm done. I quit. But, you know, let's just go have some beers or margaritas. You know, people don't understand that you are the only one standing in your own way. You have a choice. And this is the reality of it, that you decide that health is wealth. And in a society we live in right now, you know, we, you know, there's different labels for everything now. Like everyone has to walk on eggshells for one another. Uh, But the reality of it is, is that you can't tell me that you feel good or you're able to do certain movements or create certain memories or not rush the day because you're uncomfortable in your own skin. And that's okay. You can't tell me that's okay. And we hear about that a lot. And, you know, coming from your point of view, like, you know, who would you rather be look at your, you know, the past photos in you where you felt you know insecure and miserable and self-hate, like you said in your post or the you, you are today, where now you get to create those memories and not like, feel like every five seconds we have to, you know, either sit down or, you know, you're still literally can't even look at your own reflection because, and then food is your worst enemy because there's no balance. And like, you know, and so when I hear, you know, different or read different stories or reels or articles online. I'm like, no, health is wealth. And it's so like, whatever it means to you, you know, however you go about it, whether it's working out or walks every day, or just pouring into yourself, making sure you're doing something, 
you know, that's going to be ideal that gets to transform your life, but you're going to feel better because of it. And so, and even watching your journey and, you know, we, you know, I talked to you about this because we both have, you know, well, I currently have the loose skin and the stretch marks. And that was something I brought to your attention where I was like, you don't feel like you're, um, attached. Can you still hear me? I'm good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm going to change my AirPods. I don't think they were on. (laughs) Can you hear me? okay yeah yeah I can't nothing's hear. changed my husband's you gonna can't hear me figure this out oh go to oh we can't hear you. i'm gonna have to talk through one speaker okay i'm just gonna have to talk through one um yeah we're good but you know but that was something we talked about because i have the loose skin, the stretch marks. And I had told you, don't, you don't feel like at a certain point it's, it is your identity, right? Mm-hmm. But you've gone through the process now, um, of removing that loose skin. And, you know, how do you feel now? Like, that's something I've always wanted to ask because now we're constantly evolving, you know, the whole, as we grow as humans, no matter what age you're at, but we want to evolve. We want to grow. We don't want to be in this, the same person we were at 15, at 20 years old. Shoot, we're not even the same person we were as a kid at five years old. Yeah, we all have an inner child, but the whole point of life is to continuously evolve, to be better. And that's not to take away from your past accomplishments, but it's so, you know, you're constantly challenging yourself. And so here you are, you know, how was that process for you? You know, I, it, I think it's, it's, um, it's something that I, I read recently. I saw, I, I saw it in a post. I don't remember word for word, but you know, to, it was kind of like an advice meme or whatever. It's like, you know, don't, you know, don't, I don't, uh, don't put your identity on a, a certain thing. Right. Because when that thing's gone, well, then you lose yourself. Right. And I think that, um, that that's, that's something that, you know, for me, I never really attached to the loose skin type of deal. I've always really had a, you know, for me, I'm somebody, I just don't like it. I never liked it. It was a reminder to me. It was something that, you know, even when I had lost all the weight, it was, even when I was in like, like the bet, like the, the thinnest or whatever, the leanest, um, I, I remember just not liking it because it was a good, it was a reminder of who I was and stuff. And, and, um, but to me, like, I mean, how, how I'm feeling now is like, I think you just have to accept that, Hey, your body's not all you can, you've done, done damage to your body and it's not going to go back to way, you know, it was initially. And that was something I, I had a very hard time with my first skin surgery removal in the front. Um, it just, I was not what I was expecting. Now, Dr. Prada did a phenomenal job. I, I freaking, after the swelling went down, after my patients kicked in, cause again, I'm not very patient. Um, you know, I realized, Hey, actually this is, this is not bad. And, you know, and I just got to get the swelling down and, um, you know, now I, I do feel more confident. I have been, you know, this summer is the first summer I've been to the pool without shirt on and everything. So that's been cool, um, to have that, but, you know, I, I think that, you know, I, I feel now that it's, it's an opportunity even, uh, even now with the skin surgery removal, 
it's opportunities to like, Hey, like you don't have to be where you're at. You know, if you want to, if you, you know, if you want to lose the weight, you can lose the weight. If you want to remove the skin, you can remove the skin. But then day, even to that post is like the number on the scale, the, the, the size of your muscles or whatever the case might be, isn't going to determine your happiness, you know? And, and that's, it's, it's how you feel within it's how, when you look in that mirror, you know, it's, it's, can you be honest with yourself? You know, is it, and that's where, uh, I think it's so important that you keep promises to yourself. Hey, if you're going to start today, then start today. Hey, if you're going to do, if you're going to sign up to do a walk every single day, we'll do a walk every day. Because when, as, as you start to, and this is something I think that um, is not talked about a lot, but like, especially people who are overweight, obviously it's, it's not hard. It, it, it's simple. I'm sorry. It's, it's not, it's not easy, but it's simple. The whole concept of losing weight, right? You, you eat, you know, a, within your calorie range, you get some exercise, you just give it time and it's going to take care of itself. But why it's hard is because it's an everyday thing. It's a 24 hours. You mentioned, right? Like that balance with food, you know, food addiction is the one addiction that you, that you, Annie talks about this is like, you have to eat to live, you know, like imagine if a heroin addict had to take heroin every single day, just enough just to live, but they couldn't overdo it. Right. And like, that's the thing with food is like, there's such a, it, it, we need it to live, but at the same time, there's so many other bad options, bad options. There's so many unhealthy options out there for most people. And, and that's what people gravitate to. And it's, um, it's for me now, it's just understanding that I have the opportunity to educate people on, you know, and, and show them, Hey, you don't have to be stuck like that. Yeah. How do you go about, um, you know, now that you're in a different state of mind, you know, you're, you're, you've really shifted that mindset and, making sure like, you know, when that binge eating is coming about, cause this is something that doesn't go away. I mean, I still suffer from it, right. Having bulimia and having binge eating, there's times where I'm like, okay, I know for a fact, I can't have one Oreo because one Oreo will turn into 20. Okay. I, I know I consciously and subconsciously, like my mind knows that. And so yeah. how do you go about, you know, making sure that you are self-aware because, you know, obviously through this journey, you've built a lot of mindfulness and, you know, it's a lot of mental growth with you and knowing those cues. And so how do you go about making sure that you don't fall into that, you know, rabbit hole again and that spiral? Uh, for me, I mean, it's a great question because I mean, the truth is like, I do struggle with it. You know, I had, you know, I, I did some binging over this weekend, you know, like I was like, oh, wow, I shouldn't have eaten that much. But I was, I was in an emotional state. I was happy. I was excited. We we're laughing and everything. And I was like, oh man, I ate way too much. It was really good food. And I was like, okay. But I think, you know, for one, it's not beating myself up over that, realizing, hey, get right back to it. And that's something that's helped a lot because you get into that, that circle, you get into that snow, that snowball effect of like, you feel bad for eating like crap. So you eat like crap and then you feel bad because you feel like you eat like crap. And it's just like a continuous cycle. So it's understanding, like giving yourself a break at first um, for falling off. We all do that. Um, the other thing too, is removing those, those temptations as best you can. Like, for example, if you have Oreos, you know, if you know that you can't eat one Oreo, it's going to turn into a sleeve of Oreos or an entire box of Oreos. Right. Which, Hey, I'm guilty of that too. Don't keep that stuff in the house. Right. Don't use yourself. Don't, 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 you know, put yourself in that position, you know, and so for some of you that have kids and they have their snacks and things like that, like, you know, there's like little, uh, like uh, literally like alarm boxes. I think that you can put, you can like put lock boxes in with timers and they won't open until that time. So like, it sounds cheesy. It sounds corny. It sounds ridiculous to some people, but the truth is, is food addiction is a really big problem. And you know, whatever it takes, like you wouldn't laugh, you wouldn't tell somebody like that's, 
you know, it's not responsible or it's not, it's, it's cheesy to put their, their drugs in there. So that, that way they're not tempted or cigarettes in there. Right. People do that all the time too. So like for one, putting yourself in a position to win. Um, and when you don't win, you know, giving yourself forgiveness. Um, but also something as I've, I've learned, this is more so over the last year or two that I don't do well with restrictions, meaning after the restrictions, like I will be somebody, if you give me a plan, I will follow it to a T, I will reach the goal, but it's after that. It's when those restrictions lift that I've recognized that I have a hard time operating uh, without those restrictions, or if I don't have a goal to kind of focus on after that goal, then it becomes really hard. So I've learned, you know, something right now that I'm doing is uh, I'm going to take this next challenge, this next, you know, our next first form challenge very seriously but I'm purposely not going to do 75 hard. I'm purposely not going to put a bunch of restrictions on it mm -hmm. because I want to be able to show that, Hey, you can still do this without being super strict. Um, it's just going to just take, you know, it takes you being mindful of what you're eating and what you're doing from an activity level. But um, I would say if, the, if I'd say three things is knowing, are you somebody who can, can manage restrictions even after the restrictions are gone? Um, giving yourself again, some, some, some leeway with falling off. And then third time is remove, like putting yourself in a position to win, removing temptations, staying away from certain locations. Um, for some time for me, sodas was a big one. I think this is probably, I mentioned this a little bit earlier. I used to drink a lot of sodas yeah. when I knew that when I went in seven days without a soda, I knew that this was going to, I I had a, like seven days in, I knew that this was going to be the, the journey because I had never gone seven days without a soda. And I was like, this is it. I'm serious about this. And then you add in all the other shit that the other guy, like I was just, it was just like the perfect like snowstorm or a shit storm of like, I'm going to yeah. do this. But um, I had to, I had to stop. Like the kids suffered from it. Right. Luckily the kids didn't drink too much sodas, but like, I was like, Hey, we're not buying sodas right now. I need some help. You know, I communicated that with, you know, with my family. Hey, if we cannot buy sodas, I'm trying not to drink sodas right now. Or, Hey, let's not buy this snacks. Let's not go to this store. Let's not go to this restaurant. A lot of it's communication, you know, it's just communicating with your, your family, your significant other, whatever the case might be um, to put yourself in that position to win because don't, nobody can do it alone. Right. I mean, yes, you can do it without help, but at the same time, like, why would you, you know, there's so many people out right. there that have experiences and education and advice, you know, and even your friends and family, they want to see you win, you know, they tease you, they, they give you stuff like that. It's because they, they, you make them feel a little insecure or, they, you know, know that you don't really want to do that. And they know that this other stuff is going to make you happy. So they, like, again, so it's, it's a, it's a balancing act in that sense, but just kind of keeping clear and open communication with those people around you and saying, Hey, this is what I'm working on. And this is how you can help me. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And I think we fall into this guilt trap of feeling like, Oh, like we're going to go, you know, this are the goals we want to accomplish, but what if that yeah. person's not there right now? That's okay. Because now yeah. you have the ability to inspire them to pour into themselves. And that's, you know, it's a snowball. It's a domino effect. And that's how we change lives. Cause we do it together. And I tell, you know, my kind solid time, like, no, like we do this together. Even, you know, those listening on the podcast, like who the heck I never thought anyone, you know, I just did it. Cause I wanted to put out like extend from my journal, like, you know, in my diary online. And it's like, Oh, who wants to listen to me? Like, you know, but we have to understand, like, we are able to change lives by being vulnerable, by sharing. And that's what, you know, that's something you do constantly 
Um, and, you know, even sharing our journey with other people of like, this is what we're going to do. Cause you know, just holding that, that tiny bit of accountability, knowing that someone knows that you're like, oh man, like, I don't want to be, cause now yeah. I'm a liar with them, but now I'm a liar with myself. And now I just shot myself confidence. But now, you know, if they were rooting for me and they want to do something now they they might even question themselves and their capabilities. And it's just like, you know, it compiles, but, um, you know, for the person right now struggling to that find themselves restarting, restarting, because I'm sure you get this question a lot. I love when you go on your live streams, especially during when you do the live streams during the challenges, because even my clients, like my transformers are like, oh my God, like the women are like, I love him. I took away so much from that. And I had told you that. And I was mm-hmm. like, cause I love that. I love when they can resonate. Cause that's what we want. We want to be able to, you know, we always feel like no one understands us, but when we hear somebody like, oh my God, their story, that's me. Like, that's me too. Yeah. Like I totally can relate. Um, you know, you talk about have finding that balance too, like when you don't have like maybe a challenge going on, but for the person like struggling right now, who's, you know, we tend to rely so much on motivation. We know that's fickle comes and goes, but, you know, really cultivating that self-discipline, but what would you tell somebody that's found themselves restarting over and over again, and just feels like just nothing will work. Like it's just, maybe it's not for them. Yeah. I mean, for one, like, you know, realizing that, Hey, that's not true. Right. I think that's the first thing is like, it's, it's for whoever's willing to work for it. It's not going to be handed to you. It's not going to be easy. And I think that when you can come to terms with how hard it's like, how hard, I mean, that it's going to be harder than you expect. It right. means that you're going to, you're going to, again, I don't look at it as sacrificing, look at it as investing. Like there are going to be times where you have to invest time in yourself versus a holiday party or a birthday party or positions. And again, some people can go to those things and enjoy themselves and not be tempted. But somebody who's starting over and over and over again, sounds like that's not somebody like it might be beneficial to remove yourself from that crowd, at least until you can build that discipline. Um, but really it comes down to whoever's going to, who's willing to work for it. Um, but the other thing too is, and, and maybe this is more tough love than anything is like, is your goal really your goal? You know, do you, do you really want, like you say you want to fit in that, you know, that bathing suit or whatever the case yeah. might be, you, you want to get in, in shape for the cruise or whatever, but like, do you really, like, are you willing to invest the time and effort to feel good in that? And if you are great, like, I don't care what somebody's goal is. If it's, they want to look good, cool. If that's strong enough to push you on the hardest days where again, more days than not, I don't want to get up and work out. You know, that's, it's a myth that uh, everybody's motivated to just go after it and get it. It's like, no, most days I don't, but I also have the discipline. I've used that motivation to build the discipline, excuse me, to build the discipline in, in the the little areas that I know they're going to move me forward. Right. So like, um, you know, back to what I was saying though, draw that line of sand. Hey, is this, is this your goal. And if it is, then Hey, cool. No more excuses. There's plenty at this point, like at this day and age, there's so many resources. I mean, of course, yes, we can talk about first form and we can talk about the app and working with you or whoever the case might be. But I mean, there's just so many other things out there right now to like good information, you know, and you just got to take some time to like kind of dig through it. And, um, you know, like there, there's just at this point, there's, there's nothing hidden on the internet. Like you can find anything you want, you know, and, and I would say, um, finding somebody who you respect and who can, you can, you know, who has the credibility to, you know, get some guidance from, there's nothing wrong with asking for some help. Um, 
but the the other thing I would say too is in somebody getting started or somebody who's starting over and over and over again is start small, right? I think we we overestimate. I'm sorry, we underestimate what we can do in a day, and we overestimate what we can do, you know, in in, in like a week or whatever. Like, oh, I'm gonna do all this stuff this week, and blah 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 blah. But like, just just start with just the day, right? Because that's all you can focus on. You can't do nothing about yesterday. You can't do nothing about tomorrow yet. All you have is today, right? So, you know, something that Sal talks about, you know, my, you know, Sal talks about is like making a list, right? Make a list based off of, you know, five things that you need to get accomplished today, right? That are going to move you forward in those areas. For me, I always break it down to my family, my career and my fitness, right? And I, I will put at least one of those tasks, something that's going to move, like maybe it's just going the extra mile for my family, you know, once, you know, once today, right? Cool. I'll put that on my power list. Uh, you know, uh, if it's, you know, something from fitness, okay, I'm going to track my food today. I'm going to get my workout done today. Cool. That's three things right there. You know, for career, okay, hey, I'm going to make sure I, you know, watch X amount of videos today to get myself better in my career. And like, it sounds like something so small, but doing that every single day over the course of 30 days, over the course of six months, over the course of a year, it takes you so much further than you expect versus doing 25 things today and tomorrow and Wednesday. And then it's like, then you kind of die out, right? So like, just start small, start with five things that you need to do. They're going to progress you in those areas in your life that you want to move. And then just attack that. That's all you have to do today is win those five things. And once you really start to develop those habits, in those things that you do, then you remove something, you remove something, you add something in and you get back to, you know, just doing, and it's just, it's just, it's a simple concept, but it's, it's really honestly what I've done over the last seven years is just pick a couple of things to work on today. Cool. Do them as best I can do them again tomorrow and, and just rinse and repeat. Yeah. And those, those little, those habits, those small, you know, you're taking actions, you're building to the outcome, right? Yeah. That's where I was talking about yesterday of like the pain of discipline, the pain of regret, like pain of discipline weighs and ounces because it's small, tedious things you have to do every single day. And it's like, okay, like, am I ever going to like turn the page, but you're building and, but the pain of regret weighs so much more heavier on us because we have to take that with us for our whole entire journey for however long we're on, you know, on this earth. And then it's like, oh my God, I could have done this. I could have done this. You're so stuck in the past and what could have been when, what are you doing right now to grow? What are you doing right now to effectively transform your life? So you don't live in even more regret. And that's, that's like the worst thing we can ever possibly go through in life. But here you are rather than living in regret or living in shame and guilt for cutting out hours with your daughter and your family and your wife and your, you know, your other kids, it's like, no, I'm taking this. I'm going to lead by the, by example. Now you're leading by the front, you know, showing, showcasing to them, like, this is fun. Like regardless of what you see on social media, regardless of what you hear on whatever TikTok, like health, again, going back to like the whole health is wealth and, you know, seeing you happy and confident that translates in your kids' lives. And then they're happy and confident and they believe in themselves. And it's a trickling effect because now they get to inspire people around their circle. And so how cool to be like, listen, because of one little action, and that was a commitment to take control of your life. Now I get to stand here and also show others that they too can do it. Like it's cut your excuses out, you know, 
we all overcome, we all face adversity. We're all going to struggle. We're all going to do mistakes. But in the course of those events, we also have the opportunity to learn. And, you know, you're constantly learning. You're constantly like, you know, sharing your story and, you know, adding to your story, adding, you know, pages where maybe pages would have never been written in the first place. And so that is, that is so amazing. I, you know, I absolutely like, you know, this, but I absolutely love how vulnerable you are and you showcase it all the time, like showing people like, you know, you weren't comfortable, like being okay with people knowing like, Hey, like me too. Like I hated my reflection. Like I couldn't even like, you know, every mirror was like shunned, like, don't bring, you know, don't bring that around me. Um, and so it was so cool for me, like so interesting too. And so awesome to see, like, I resonated not just from other women, but oh my gosh, again, coming from when I first started at this podcast episode, but that you were a man and I'm like, oh my gosh, like him too, like me too, like everything you were saying. And that's so awesome because now you get to inspire so many other people that come across your platform and realize that they are worth it and they are enough and that they can change the lives that their excuses are just compiling and keeping them complacent. Yeah. I always, I heard it best is like, there's a difference between excuses and obstacles, right? We all have obstacles. There's ways around them. Just take some time, take some thinking. And then there's excuses. Those are just straight up. Those are all self-made. Those are all, you know, reasons why we can't do something, but no, I mean, I, I, uh, I definitely think it is really cool. I think it's one of the coolest things is hearing like people who I don't know hear about my story and how it's helped them. And it's like, that's my whole goal with, you know, after a while, with becoming, you know, uh, affiliated with first form, they were like, how can I just help one person? Right. How can I just, you know, help another person? How can I make this post? Just reach out and help one person. And, you know, eventually my goal, my why obviously was my, was my daughter being able to stay alive with her. But then as I started losing the weight, my why shifted a little bit more in the sense of like, I, I know. So something, something I didn't mention, and maybe I could have mentioned this earlier. Um, you know, my father committed suicide when I was four. You know, I grew up without a dad, um, you know, like many people do. But for me, it was a little bit different. You know, he took himself out of the picture in a whole different light. And I grew up, you know, honestly hating my dad. I grew up, you know, very emotional with that. It's part of like a lot of my depression came in. Um, But, you know, at the same time, you know, I was doing the same thing to my daughter. You know, and and this is really what, what triggered, you know, my initial thought process of getting started is like, here I am killing myself in a different manner. You know, it's fast food and alcohol, you know, little by little each day, but I'm shortening my life nonetheless. So as I kind of reflected on that one day, I was like, okay, that's why I do what I do now. Now, why I do what I do is my goal is to give back as many parents as show parents who are overweight that don't have education, understanding of how to even lose it is that my goal is to give back as many parents to their kids as possible. You know, that's, that's ultimately my, my why and and my reason for doing what I do, why I wake up in the morning and, you know, put a smile on my face to get to work because I know that then the people that I work with and the people that they work with, that there are some parents out there that are going to be able to stay alive a lot longer because of what we do here. That's beautiful. I'm like, don't cry Des, but that's so, (laughs) that's like a beautiful Testament. And like, that's the reason why to, Um, you know, I, whatever power you believe in, you know, God, the universe, um, for those of you listening, like when you, when you are truly doing things out of the kind, the pure kindness of your heart, like you're going to attract 
more people that you can help and that those people now have the ability to help other people. Um, but giving years back, you know, to a parent for their child and like, you know, being able to say that, like, I'm sure like, you're just like, that pretty much just sums up who you are as a person. Like, and that's beautiful because I love that you hit on. That's the first time I ever seen it from that perspective was, yeah, we'll die for our kids, but are we willing to invest in ourselves? So we add years to our life. So we add that time with them because, Mm -hmm. you know, we, we talk about all the time, but then we hesitate to lead by example because, oh, for a multiple of excuses, I don't know what I'm doing, or this is the, this isn't the way that my family used to, or my parents did it. Um, I wasn't ever educated on it because I wasn't either. Like, luckily my mom comes from like, she's always been very fit. Um, She loved like my, one of my, her older uncles was a bodybuilder in Texas. So like he enjoyed that. So she ran with him a lot. And because of her, like, you know, I was always like intrigued by like Cindy Crawford videos and doing the firm in like eighth grade and seventh grade. And I'm like, okay. Um, But unfortunately, like I was exposed to like, you know, we, your parents can't save you from everything. Yeah. And so the idea of it eating just like bulimia and sticking a toothbrush down your throat and kind of was just a trickling effect. But um, with that being said, it's just like from seeing it from that standpoint of man, we're taking away years with our kids and like they, all they want from us is our time. Like no matter what age they're at. I mean, I still need my mom. I still call her up and my dad. I'm like, Hey, are you guys home? I'm coming over. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's like, when you see it, when you break it down like that, I was just like, I mean, I was listening to you talking. I was like, oh my God, that's like, like mind blowing moment because it literally will die for our kids, but yet we're not willing to change our uh, life or transform our life or shift in mindset, value ourselves, value our existence. And so it just will end up, you know, we'll program those things and beliefs and thoughts into them. And then it kind of just keeps going and going and going until someone along that line decides, no, Hey, it stops with me. Yeah. And so how awesome though, Brian, I mean, you're, you're changing lives every day and you're making the world better. And so, you know, I appreciate what you're doing and that's so awesome. Like, and you're, wow. you yeah. make me feel good. You has a lot of like you, you gas, man. <laughs> I, I take that. That's awesome. No, I appreciate it. <laughs> just, to me. I mean, and that's where I don't, I don't see it that way. I just see it as, you know, I'm doing my part, you know, Andy and Sal and, you know, everybody here at HQ that's had a part in my, my, my journey, Mike Trotter, you know, you know, I just look at a way of paying them back, paying it forward. That's why I like to bring up their names. I don't, I mean, I didn't do this by myself. Like, yes, I did the work or whatever. And I, I did a lot of research and stuff like that on my own for a while, but at the same time, like it's the support, like I, that's anybody can do that. It's that support that gets you back on track. It's those conversations. It's, it's that, but did you do everything that you could? Is it, did you do everything you could in like, that just rings in my head. Anytime I don't get something that I want or win the competition that I want or whatever the case might be, it's like, but did you give it everything that you had? Did you do everything you possibly could to win? No. Okay, cool. Then you have no reason to be, you know, complaining. So I, it's, it's, it's the support to me um, is, is where I kind of like hang my hat on, like paying it forward. I want to, I want to re do for what do for others, what was done for me. And and you're doing it. And that's what separates, you know, there was a book I read in college and it's good to great by Jim. I can't remember his last name, but he says that that's the difference between, you know, a shitty leader, you know, and a good and a great leader is that someone that's humble and 
you know, expresses humility and like, doesn't think of it as, you know, Oh, it's just me. Like, this is just what I do because then that, that that's coming from again, purity. Like you're doing it out of pureness of like kindness out of your heart to help others, what was given to you to pay it forward. And so that's just an awesome Testament. And it shows, it shows for the person you are. I mean, we all, I see, I saw you a few times during summer smash and it was like, always so conversating with everybody, just, you know, you were just there to like lend an ear at times. So I'm like, I'm so sorry. I talked your ear off. And it was just like, man, you're such an awesome person. The positivity and the vibes you give off, like, that's what we want to see. And that's what ultimately changes the world. Right. And that's what inspires someone that at their very lowest to say, like, you know what, if he could do it cliche, but I could do it too. Like there's nothing that's stopping me because we're all, we're all going to overcome some type of challenges and go through moments of, you know, weaknesses and, you know, being, I think that's why that's what makes things easier, easy for me to get easier. Don't get me wrong. It's always hard putting up a shirtless photo or whatever, but I think that's what makes it a little bit easier for me to get vulnerable is that I don't want, I don't want this misconception of like, Oh, I'm just another fitness person who, you know, you know, gain some weight after high school or whatever. Like that's, that's not the case. Like to me, I grew up with zero fitness background. I literally just learned everything less than, you know, seven years ago. And it's, if I can do it, anybody can do it. You know, I don't have any special talent. You know, I, I, I sound really bad when I talk about it, but I don't have like this special talent. I'm not like this great with these, you know, physical side of things, like not athletic, but seriously, if I can do it, there's not one person that I can't think of that couldn't do it. There's, there's always somebody that has a, uh, know has it worse than in doing more i always try to think about that so i i always ask this question towards the end but what do you do in regards to like self-care i know it's self-love but really self-discipline at the end of the day how do you make sure that you're prioritizing yourself aside from your uh power list that's a good question uh you know for me it's 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 varied over the years right you know um i think initially I didn't have a lot of self-love when I was first losing the weight. I'm like, oh, you can do it faster. You can do it better. You can do that. You know, and that's something that, you know, it's why guys, I I always tell people don't get hung up on the scale. It's just a tool. Um, It's, I mean, take it from my experience, you know, it's, it's what set me back. It's what partly set me back mentally when I was trying to gain weight, you know, I was trying to put, you know, gain, get, get weight back up. Um, It's because the scale wasn't moving as fast, but um, from a, from a self-love standpoint, I, I try to do my best in, in reflection. I try to do some meditation each morning. Um, you know, I do like 10 minutes of, you know, I'll, I'll put on, you know, whether it's, uh, whether binaural beats or whatever, like the meditation yeah. stuff like that. And I just, and I just do some visualization, you know, I visualize where I was at, where I'm, you know, where I'm going. Um, and to me, it's just a great way of, reflecting and, and realizing like, man, I, I have come a long way because it's very easy. Like now I'm adjusted to it. Right. I look at myself in the mirror. There's not really much changes from the last couple of months, you know, and it's, it's easy to get adjusted to it, but, you know, taking some time each day and realizing how far I've come or, you know, even in the middle of it, if those of you that are on their journey and, you know, like reflecting, you know, Hey, you've, if, if you've been sticking to it and you've been doing, you're giving an honest go, like, even if you only lost a couple pounds, Hey, you're better off than you were before you started, you know, so giving yourself acknowledgement, you know, it's, it's a fine line between, you know, that ego of boosting yourself and having like that, you know, but also like giving yourself credit. You know, I know we talked about this a little bit before the start of the call is like, 
I have a hard time bringing up things that I've done because I don't want people to think about that as in a bragging sense. But, you know, at the same time, I've got to give myself credit and like, hey, I, I, I did it. If it's if it's if it's been done, it's been done, you know, mm-hmm. so. Yeah. Playing with that imposter syndrome. We, kind of, we, we all have to work through it. Right. Yep, uh, exactly. But understanding like, you know, when you showcase that confidence and, you know, you're again, showing other people yourself and, you know, yourself first, your inner critic, Hey, I'm in charge. You can, you know, simmer down, but allowing other people to know, like, it's okay to uh, talk about yourself or your accomplishments or showcase them, you know, as you're now over here, putting it down someone's throat, but you're just like, you know, like, Hey, like, this is what I did. And, you know, it could possibly or potentially also change your life. If you do, you know, these things or find your way of doing these things, but really just keeping it simple, not overcomplicating the process, but, you know, just showing up for yourself a little bit more every single day. And then that just turns again into a snowball effect. And that's, what's going to allow you to transform your life at the end of the day. But yeah. So I do have one more. I want you to share with us your favorite quote. I am very big on quotes because I feel like us as human beings, just like books, we can, you know, find some common ground and quotes being one of those things that kind of gets us all going or pumped, as you can say. So, oh, man, favorite quote, put me on the spot. I will say, I, know. <laughs> I, I, I would say like this, this is the one that comes to mind because it's in my Instagram Right. But I think about Tim Grover's like mind over feelings, Um, because a lot of like a lot of what we do, a lot of a lot of repercussions of of what we deal with is not because of the situation, but it's because of the emotional situation. It's the emotional response to the situation. Right. And and I think about that. If we can just have control of your mind and, and step back, you know, detach from the situation and look at, you know, what the situation is and remove that feeling from it, you know, you're in a much better spot. You know, anytime I've ever, you know, made a bad decision, it's usually from an emotional standpoint. It's not because of the, like the actual situation. So that mind over feeling, you know, that, that quote, the kind of like the little thing that he's got, to me, it just stands out because a lot of times it's just a good reminder to myself of like, hey, think about this from, you know, from an aerial view, detached from the situation. Is it really that? And this goes for whether that's, you know, fitness, relationships, work, doesn't matter. It's, you know, just remove that emotional side of things. And, uh, you know, you can, you can be able to see the, see the picture for, for what it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it, it's being the outsider looking in, into your yeah. own life, like really detaching yourself. And that's always a big one when you're like, oh, and then you always have that, like that light bulb moment. Like, it's not really that bad. Is it like, yeah. it's not a big deal. Like, you could go throw your pants in the washer. Like, <laughs> yeah, you're fine. It's going to be yeah. okay. <laughs> it's going to be all right. Right. If we use that, that, that emotion then ruins the next thing in that day. And the next mm-hmm. thing in that day, it's like, okay, now you've had a shitty day because you've let one thing that can be fixed very easily, you know, a, you know, attack your whole day from an emotional standpoint. Yeah. Is there anything else you want to leave the listeners with and, Oh, let us know where they well it'll be in the description below of this podcast episode, but how can they find you? So uh, my Instagram is pretty simple. It's at Brian's progress, Brian, B-R-Y-A-N-S and then progress. Um, and, and that's really, I mean, I, I, I started a TikTok. I don't even really posted on it, okay. but it's the same, it's the same, it's the same uh, handle. I think I use that across the board, um, but Instagram is really where I do my, my stuff at. Um, you know, I have a, uh, 
you know, a, definitely a project I want to work on this year and sharing some more stuff, kind of get a little more creative. So definitely something I've gotten some works with stuff, but, uh, you know, as far as like leaving, you know, the listeners with, with something, um, is, is realizing like there's, there's not, there's not one goal too big that you can't accomplish, right? Like if you're willing to work for it, you can earn it, you know, and, and it's, it's understanding that it's going to might take longer. It might be harder. It might be, you know, might be exactly what you expected, but if you're willing to put in the work just on a consistent basis, if you're willing to look at your, your, what you're doing, not just doing work, but actually self-assessing your work. You know, I, I talk about that, um, you know, when we have good results over the course of a couple months is like, okay, reflect on that. Okay. Over the last three months, what was your effort in that goal, right? On a scale of one to 10. And only the person can answer that, right? Nobody can answer that for somebody else. Only you truly know what effort you've put in. And most of the time you don't hear back, you know, eights or nines or tens. You think about three months, you'll hear a lot of sixes or fives or sevens. And, you know, my, my coaching on that is, okay, cool. Don't worry about going to a 10. Can you, can you hold that at a steady pace for another three months? Can you hold that? Can you up it half a point? Can you go from a six to a six and a half, you know, an effort, right? And, and that's where um, I would say is like, whatever the goal is, it's accomplishable. It's just going to mean it's going to, it's going to take self-reflection. It's going to take the work, but it's going to take self-reflection on that work. So make sure that a lot of people can get frustrated because they're working really hard, but they're working really hard in the wrong direction. And that's where that self-assessment really helps out and um, what you're doing, what's going well and what's not going well. So I would say that would be my, my piece of advice is any goal that you put out there is, is accomplishable, but it's going to take you doing the work, but also self-assessing that work. Yeah. Building that self-trust and self-respect with yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. That's awesome. Thank you for sharing your journey with us, Brian. Thank you for being a light, um, really changing the world uh, one day at a time by, you know, sharing your story again, you know, allowing people to resonate with it by very being very open with your words. And, you know, it's like, again, I said, it's a privilege to talk to you. Um, and so continue doing what you're doing. There's, you know, you are out there changing lives and now your story, you know, hopefully for those of you listening who do not know who Brian was to begin with, you know, go give him a follow. I promise you, you're going to gain so much from his page alone and his words that he shares on a daily basis. So we appreciate you. And, um, thank you for being a part of self-love effect. Well, well, thank you for having me. It was definitely great. I loved it. it awesome. All right. Well, we'll talk to you guys soon. All right. Bye. And before I let you guys go, reminding you once again, that we have a self-love effect community on Facebook. The link in the, is in the description below of this podcast episode, or you can head on over to Facebook and search team self-love effect. I am still taking on one-on-one coaching. So for those of you who are ready to begin coaching on mindset, fitness, nutrition, head on over to your Apple or Android store, download the first form app and request me as your advisor, Desiree at selfloveeffect.com. And once you do, I'll send you a video with instructions on what to do next. There's also a link in the description below to download the app. And we also have a self-love effect link for free shipping for health and nutrition products. So if you guys have any questions at all, please don't hesitate to ask me about products and supplementation. Now, let me drop you off some more discount codes. Head on over to Born Primitive. Their summer collection is here. You can save using the link below 
which will save you 10% at checkout. Next, we have Wad and Done. Save your hands, stop tearing, and make strict pull-ups, make kipping pull-ups, butterfly pull-ups, toes to bar, or just gripping the bar so much easier on your hands by purchasing Wad and Done grips. Save at checkout using Treasures 10. Next, we have Maven Threads. Get your everyday headband wear or for workouts using code Self Love Effect 15 at checkout. And lastly, we have the Self Love Effect shop. Head on over, get yourself some podcasts, swag, or everyday self love aware using the code Self Love Effect at checkout. Hope you guys have an amazing rest of your week. Continue to invest in yourself and continue to inspire those around you. Bye.